Look out. Surging up from the depths of the sea. Horrifying, mysterious creatures whose attack on people sends the whole countryside on an endless search. Unless something is done, and done quickly. Is this the end of our civilization? You'll pioneer with us the perilous descent into the unknown. What does that mean? What are you even talking about? A deep, penetrating dive. In the last calm and reflective moment, before the monsters came, humanoids from the deep dive welcome to the podcast humanoids from the deep dive where we dig deep into the meanings and context of your favorite monsters and monster movies literature folklore etc each episode will see guests and myself give our take on an important movie monster and or film and what we think it means using everything from history and philosophy to films and folklore Today's episode, we will be covering a topic that I'm extremely interested in. I've always found this fascinating, witches. And two films that I... We're also going to do that by discussing two films that I also personally love uh, a whole bunch. 2015's uh, Robert Eggers' classic, The Witch, and the more recent 2020 Gretel and Hansel. I think it's a beautiful film. Fans of the show can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Basically, if it's Civilization and you can find a podcast, you can find us on it. And you can also follow us on Twitter at HFT Deep Dive. I'm your host, Jeff Ewing. I'm an entertainment contributor for Forbes and Looper on everything genre and genre film with bylines and shutters the bite and kind of all over the place. And I've I've actually written about hell and uh witches and all these sorts of things and various pop culture philosophy things so so basically if it's monsters i'm obsessed with it i love it and i've probably done something about it somewhere i'm very pleased to introduce both our excellent co-host for today's episode and our fantastic guest luna Minhui. she's a basically a lifelong horror fan and artist and dancer and just all around cool awesome badass and <laughs> always a pleasure to have you on the show luna thank you so much Absolutely. And uh, I'm so happy to announce that uh, Donna Lynch is going to be our guest for this episode. She's a novelist, poet, and the co-founder, lyricist, and singer for the band Ego Likeness. And uh, yeah, you can find all our stuff on Amazon and everywhere. She's done lots of cool stuff. So thank you, Donna, for being on today's episode. Thank you for having me. It is a absolute pleasure, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think we'll start chronologically with The Witch. It's a, uh, it's one that's garnered obviously a lot of acclaim. Um, it really, I love the historicity of it. We can get into that. The Witch follows English settler William and his family in the 1630s. They're banished from a Puritan colony, as Puritan colonies are known to do, over a religious dispute. Uh, the family lives near secluded and isolated forest, and one day their daughter Thomason is playing with her infant Samuel, and the baby disappears. Things escalate from there, to put it mildly, with supernatural threats rising until the family's under direct satanic assault, while at the same time Thomason makes a devil's bark. Um such a great film uh i always like to have our our guest have an opportunity if they want to review the film first um so donna would you like to start sure i just i mean i just loved this it was the most beautiful thing it was such a beautiful beautifully shot movie the atmosphere um just the quietness of it 
you know, I was, of course, I really liked the authenticity of the language, although I've heard, you know, some people get really pedantic about it and say, oh, it wasn't quite right. And it's like, come on, man, they did a good job. <laughs> it's not right. like any of us have been alive back then. <laughs> right. right. I feel like there was some speculation that had to be made, but, um, you know, otherwise, and I, I mean, I will admit, like, there were times I, I had to put the um, subtitles on because I was like, oh, I'm totally missed what was said there. Oh, but same. Eventually yeah. I got into the rhythm of it. But yeah, the, the, I like horror movies that aren't really horror in some way. And like, you know, if that makes sense, it's like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a mm-hmm. jump scare kind of film. It's, um, it's not fast paced. You know, there's just this beautiful, quiet tension that gets built because you know something is going to happen. You know this is going down some, mm-hmm. you know, in some way. You know, I mean, obviously the breakout star of that film was Black Phillip, so that was, you know, wonderful. Absolutely, <laughs> he's the greatest goat of all time, which also makes him a double goat. Um, you know, I am going to disagree with you because I had a pet goat when I was younger. Was the greatest goat of all time, but this Black Phillip is definitely the second best. I'm I'm pretty sure ours wasn't actually, uh, you know, an incarnation of Satan, but I mean, he's pretty close. He definitely had some (laughs) demonic abilities. Um. (laughs) Satan adjacent. Satan adjacent. You heard it here first, folks. No, and yeah, I don't want to jump too far ahead. You know, like you said, talking about the themes, but you know the. all of the supernatural stuff that happens in that movie, I think, is secondary to the theme of uh, Thomason, you know, finding, like, finding herself, finding her power. She's been oppressed. She's been, you know, accused. She, nobody believes her. You know, then she, she finds herself. She, you know, she figures it out. You know, that's a, that's a recurring theme with a lot of the, the witch folklore and the witch stories that I love the most. Um, out of four stars, how many would you roughly give? Oh, four. Four. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, uh, Luna. What uh, What would you say for your review? I I think I agree. This was such an incredibly beautiful film. Like the cinematography is stunning. There are these mm-hmm. wide shots where you're observing. It feels like you're observing just just outside of the farm. Mm-hmm. Just the chaos that is slowly unraveling. Mm-hmm. I wrote that it felt like a a roller coaster ride where you are like at, you've been like climbing to the top of the first drop and then you like have that moment where you're like barely moving and you're anticipating everything happening and then suddenly you're in the thick of it and there's blood all over her and she's killing her mom <laughs> it's amazing it um, happens <laughs> you know you know beware black philip i guess mm-hmm Maybe not, though, because she gets to fly. So I don't know. <laughs> she's pretty happy about it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, she's laughing at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. I think she made all the right choices. <laughs> okay, please don't put me on some list. <laughs> we'll get there. We, I don't think they're doing any witch hunts currently, so I think we're all fine at this time. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, I have self-protection. I'm all right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just... Um, Again, not to not to dive too much into it, but a recurring theme in these sorts of stories, like Donna said, is this is that like becoming a witch or coming into your witchhood is synonymous with autonomy um, and freedom from the oppression that she's clearly facing the entire mm-hmm. time. 
Uh, one note about the language. Um, I also heard some of those pedantic arguments, which, of course, I just <laughs> rolled my eyes in, you know, mm -hmm. Twitter form and moved on. Uh, but um, I actually, like, in my own personal interpretation of the film, even if they're right, even if they're saying, like, oh, that's not quite how it was i was he the the father william leaves the community will willingly mm -hmm. and it's almost like well what if that's just how they spoke what if they were always speaking some version some demonic mm -hmm. or satanic mm -hmm. yeah. version of the language that everyone else was using and that's part of why they were destined to have the end that yeah. they did yeah but. that's that's true because they, they don't they kind of slide by the exact reasons why they're outcasts mm -hmm. so of course me i'm like oh well then i'll write that part of the story for you thank you <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes exactly and honestly it is kind of it's very puritan to you could you can see folks at home how much respect i have for for og puritans um it is a very puritan thing to be like hmm you have a lisp you say definitely influenced by satan <laughs> yeah they were looking at science for all sorts of stupid like too much linton shirt satanic influence a hundred percent exactly so that's why i was like well maybe maybe it is incorrect and maybe that's on purpose <laughs> screw you <laughs> just yes. watch the movie. Really, just, not... yeah just just yeah. enjoy the damn film um yeah, it's, it's, it's like yeah like you know the, the one of the most accurate period films of all time can like right. take some liberties right. right yeah so overall i absolutely adore this film it is perfection in my eyes in in like the horror, a horror tale, a horror mm -hmm. folk tale. Um, I think it just nails it. So out of four, all four. Love it. Uh, thank you so much. I, I couldn't agree more. I was super excited to do this film in particular because it's one of our favorite, like both myself and I, I think it might actually be the favorite of, of my partner, Katie. Um, it's one of both of our favorite films of all time. I think it's a masterpiece. It's mm -hmm. that gets thrown a lot, thrown around a lot, but I actually mm -hmm. think it is one. The cinematography, the writing is is lovely, and the, the, the structuring of the plot is is really harrowing and how things escalate. It feels very larger than life. The cinematography, as y'all mentioned, is gorgeous. I love that, especially combined with the sound design, because. Mm -hmm. You know, you can watch in this ultra wide shot, the woods move and flex like they're a living thing. And the sound design really makes you mm -hmm. feel like it's breathing and watching you. Mm -hmm. And so in one of the, the chapters that I've wrote on similar topics, I did like a, a Marxist feminist criticism of Judeo-Christian like demonology. Right. And as part of that, mm -hmm. I criticized basically they found like a, a a laundry list of reasons to blame women for all sorts of random uh shit and as part of that uh there's a whole lot of stuff blaming women for being witches and bringing satan to the community packs of the devil blah, blah 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 but um kind of in that whole complex of ideas in this era 
nature really was looked at like the the wilderness was looked at as effectively the realm of satan of the monstrous of where all Mm -hmm. the shit goes down and where you know you should be inside Mm -hmm. with the light on and they capture that better in this film than i think i've ever really seen because they they look at the wilderness as an outsider and you know it is full of shit that's gonna get you and it just feels so much you know larger than life and surrounding you and i just love how they were able to do that yeah yeah absolutely i really like the idea of how people have just been afraid of the woods since the beginning of time yeah. i mean that is it's just it has found its way the, the woods is such a uh um taboo place in that way mm-hmm. like it's always been the source and like the center of like you said where do the bad things happen where you know where are the monsters and it's like it's always the woods which is so interesting because then you know i grew up in the woods and now i live in the woods again and when you live in the woods it it doesn't feel that way (laughs) so it makes it really makes me wonder i think it's interesting to think about you know how it got to that point um beyond just the basics yes you can get hurt in the woods you can get lost in the woods but you can get Mm -hmm. hurt anywhere Right. You know, you can get lost anywhere. So it's it's kind of interesting when you start when you start thinking about what where that came from. Like, why was the woods such mm-hmm. a terrifying place and not a field or not a mm-hmm. beach? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, little- yeah, absolutely. It, to me, it's like that that campfire effect of the light is so bright that you can't see behind you or be- mm-hmm. behind the folks around you. And how, as a kid, like, that felt, like, so mysterious and oppressive. Like, there was a bubble around us, and and it was tangible. Um, And then I, of course, like, super curious about what's on the other side of that bubble. Um, But I think that that mysticism is, like you said, one of the long, such a long-standing experience for almost every human. But you're right. I grew up in the woods, too. And I was totally fine. Like, I never felt that way. It was only when there was, like, this focal point of light where I couldn't say. I I always preferred, like, no lights because you could see better. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that, I don't know. I might just be yammering on, but. uh, No, no, it makes makes sense. I mean, I've had that experience as well. That's so interesting. Um, Yeah, because it's it's like, even if you look back to like the, you know, the the first recorded work of like human literature, you have um, like Gilgamesh, right? You know, you have that metaphorical dichotomy between quote unquote civilization and the wilderness in the conflict between, you know, Gilgamesh and Enkidu that was created to check this overpowered jerk, basically. Like, so this dichotomy is so central to our narratives and our on our understanding of ourselves that it's it's literally in the first work of literature in some way. Yeah. I love it. But anyway, uh my my star rating would be four stars as well. Um not to be redundant, but it's a four star <laughs> film is just really the is. way that it is. I think we should next talk about a film that we think is terrible and would only give Ooh. a half a star or no stars to No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Like, call out the filmmaker specifically, like, mm, so, uh, I don't even want to name a film right now, because that's how I, I mean, set that up. No, no, I mean, it's a little... We're going to switch topics and review Cats, um, which <laughs> is weirdly enough I'm allergic it. to. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I have not. I haven't seen all of it either, but I've tried several times. I can't. I can't even. And you know, the sad thing is, is I was such a. Fi- I. I mean, I saw Cats on Broadway sure. when I was a kid, and I. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I. I still loved it, and oh, maybe yeah. it was because I was, you know, like I guess I was like maybe a preteen when I saw it, maybe thirteen or so, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I just I was like, this is so bizarre. But I loved it. And I, you know, I was a, I've always been a musician. So I definitely liked all the, the show tunes and things like sure. that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was, I had that sappiness in my heart for memories. And like, <laughs> oh, you know. of course. Oh my gosh. Oh, I it's loved, a lovely song. I loved um, Cats. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I guess, you know, and I, I, um, I just made a post recently about how I don't understand it when people get really worked up over bad film adaptations and remakes and covers you know, cover songs and things like that. I don't understand getting so angry since, you know, you can just watch or listen to the original. Right. It's still there unless you're, you know, unless it's a George Lucas film. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And then he's like, no, only bad, no good. (laughs) You can, you can still go back and enjoy those things. But as I'm speaking about cats right now, I'm thinking to myself, I will never watch that movie. I think like you're right you can always I mean this is why I, I think it's it's maybe not always the best idea to like adapt something that is is so brilliant in its own right because how are you going to improve on brilliance you know yeah yeah it, it's it's a difficult it's not to say that it can't be done but it's just very difficult uh and so you can always but if you don't like it you can always just watch the the great original um I do think some adaptations are war crimes but <laughs> war crimes <laughs> war crimes and that is not hyperbole i literally mean war crimes i checked the geneva crimes. conventions <laughs> and cats is actually not allowable by international law <laughs> oh my god welcome to the show right <laughs> i will say i will, there's one like one scenario in which i will sit down and watch cats it does involve alcohol and it does involve the butthole cut. Like if they oh release God. the butthole cut, I will watch it. You know what? I feel like uh, we need to get the Snyder fans on this because I think that that is some, that I could be convinced. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kitty Judy I... Bench. <laughs> oh, no. Fantastic. Um, God. And that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. Um, our shortest and most <laughs> off-topic. Ep- no, uh, we'll circle back. Uh, now to, to talk for a second about a, a good film. I did that to myself. I got us off track. I think we were all a little bit responsible. Okay. Yeah, I played a role in that. I'll Thank you it. all for absolving a portion of my sin. We'll just use that because we're talking about witches. <laughs> <laughs> And dogma and bullshit. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, 2020's uh, Gretel and Hansel, I think when it first premiered, it didn't really get the widespread, uh, I don't even think it got the widespread release, but it certainly didn't get the, uh, it got considerable praise from a lot of people that I really respect. And I really loved it. But I, it didn't get the, the same universal acclaim as The Witch. But I think it's it's a wonderful and it's a visually stunning film. It's based off the grim fairy tale and follows siblings Gretel and Hansel as they're forced out by their mother. Who uh, So their, their, their father died, forced out by their mother. Um, 
and the pair have to basically traverse the woods alone until they discover an isolated cabin in the woods that is uh, run by the increasingly mysterious and powerful, uh, she's an older woman named Holda. They come to find out that she has mysterious abilities and Gretel is tempted by Holda's power because she's trying to help Gretel, you know, as an apprentice for a, for a hot minute. But Greta's not an idiot, and she soon realizes the absolute danger that she and her brother are in. I'll just summarize it for there, because we can, there's so much to dig into with this movie, and I, I just love it so much. But uh, maybe to mix it up a little bit, Luna, would you like to give your review first? Oh, sure. I agree with you. It did, the film, when it came out, it just didn't have the same acclaim. And so I kind of went into it. I can't remember. This might have been after movie pass was done but it was around the time when i was just mm. living in a theater mm-hmm. r.i.p movie pass <laughs> the <laughs> shared pour experience one out for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all i have is water but i'll still pour some out hey movie pass is a hero of a short mm-hmm. short time <laughs> yeah i sat kind of sat down with no expectations i thought the imagery was pretty cool but i kind of figured it would kind of go into some sort of hokey or campy sort of thing like i i've i'm pretty bitter towards trailers in general to this day and um i just feel like they're there to mislead me (laughs) so So i was like uh whatever i'm gonna sit down and it's fine and by the end i was like just about like rooting like ready to jump on my feet like yes (laughs) i really enjoyed this film and part of it, I just, the imagery was amazing. I loved the pacing. The composer, mm-hmm. Robin, Robin Coudere, uh, also did Revenge, I believe. French composer nailed it, in my opinion. And the themes of trust and coming into yourself, learning more about yourself, taking power back from those who make decisions for you, mm-hmm. um, it just really resonated with me. I, I loved I just really love the film imagery. It, like, yeah, just I could go on and I definitely have some deeper points that I want to touch on. But yeah, overall, like 3.5 out of four. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I really look forward to revisiting some of the, the things you mentioned. Um, Donna, would you like to chime in with yours? Yeah, I um I I feel like I should have been paid um as an advertiser for this film because I ran around telling every single person I knew you have to watch this movie and nobody had heard of it. And you know, and as that happens, you know, when people tell me to watch a movie, if too many people tell me, I'm never going to watch that movie. Like it just becomes that, you know, ask me <laughs> I do the I same ever, thing. Ask me why I've never seen Gladiator. Okay. I mean, it was like, that's why I didn't see Lost forever because everyone's like, you need to see Lost, Jeff. You'll like it. It's weird. And I'm why? like, fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm going to deprive myself of this really good piece of art just because I want to spite you and all the other people that told me I need to watch it. Yeah, so, I'm better, but that was that was that was definitely me. I was the pretentious mm-hmm. film dude for like a hot minute. <laughs> but yeah, so I just, you know, I because the, all my friends, I knew they would love this movie. I mean, I just I was like there is the aesthetic of it alone. Like even if you don't care about the story, like it's just a beautiful movie to watch. Completely different than The Witch. Totally different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Totally different color palette and and you know mm-hmm. um, cinematography couldn't 
you know, couldn't be more different, but it's so beautiful. And I love, I love movies that, um, I don't, I'm, I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't always have the terminology in my head, but when you use like specific colors and specific scenes to like indicate that something is happening mm-hmm. or, you know, just the, um, just that kind of really heavy use of color, even if it's just for pure aesthetics, like it's just, you've got this scene of, of muted tones in a wilderness and then you have something bright red over yeah. here that yeah. draws your eye. So, I mean, I can watch that kind of stuff all day. And, um, but for me, the, the bigger thing is that my favorite kind of witches are the ones that eat people. I mean, I just, I love that. Mm-hmm. I like <laughs> I love that sentence. That's just my favorite. Those are the best witches. Like, you know, they're I mean, it's you know, it's great. The the symbology is great. It's like, oh, you know, you're you're eating the power, you're you know, you're taking all of the stuff in, but it's like, man, yeah, just eat that bitch. Like, do it. I want to see, <laughs> see bones, I want to see hair, yes. I want to see teeth everywhere. Like, I just I don't know why that gets me so excited but it really does um not not sexual okay. <laughs> we never make that assumption um i mean sometimes if it's like like if um it's if it's cronenberg i always imagine there's something sexual com- going on but otherwise no oh yeah well you'd be right about that that's, that's true. <laughs> he'd be like well otherwise you didn't understand my films um, <laughs> I would like to point out real quick that uh, so Luna had been pushing me for a long time about how perfect you'd be for the show uh, mm-hmm. and totally right about that because <laughs> this is a very pro monster show. Almost every episode I'm like, we're my assumption is we're always rooting for the monsters to win. Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, yeah, always. Or in this case, the witches, like, of course, like the point is for the, the I mean, if it's, if the xenomorph is not popping out of the chest or the thing, thing's not taking you over in the back room or the witch isn't eating you, like, well, what's the why point? are we watching right. something so boring? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people um, who aren't into horror, that's always their argument that, you know, they don't, they don't understand, you know, why all these terrible things have to happen. And it's like, well, that's, but that's the point. Like, of course, <laughs> things have to happen. And it's okay if you don't like horror. I mean, I, if it doesn't entertain you to some degree, then it's not something you necessarily need in your life. You right. Know? I'm not, I'm not about making people feel um, bad. Oh, I mean, exactly. I, in right. my own work, in my writing, I love to make people feel uncomfortable, but I don't want people to walk away depressed and angry and sad and miserable. Like it's, it's still for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, art is art, right? And right. even if we are all horror heads and really love it and it really speaks to us, there's all sorts of other stuff that I love and lots of genres that are perfectly great and things that I'm like, you know what, even if it's not my thing, that's great. Like, mm-hmm. I I appreciate a good rom-com now and then, but it's not exactly my jam, but I don't look down on someone for loving it because it's a completely valid art form. Right, yeah. right. But, you know, going back to what you just said about the, um, you know, rooting for the monster. And, you know, I think it's really complex. I think, obviously, I love the monsters, um, you know, usually more than anything else. But I also, you know, sometimes they need to get their comeuppance. Sometimes they need to get taken down. I mean, I don't mind Mm -hmm. that either. It, It isn't as simple as, well, I mean, much like life. It's not as simple as like, this is good and this is bad. and 
you know, you're, you're on one side or on the other. And I mean, certainly there are plenty of things like that in real life that I, I do feel strongly about, but you know, when it comes to, you know, nuances when, and especially when it comes to fiction, it's like, you know, just, yeah, sometimes like I want that monster yeah. to do their thing, but then, yeah, they need to, you know, something has to happen. They got to go. They can't, you know. Right. They just can't like take over the entire world eating every baby. Yes. Yeah, because then or making then, like skin cream, right? <laughs> Spoiler. Right. I was like, yeah, exactly. oh, baby bath. <laughs> um, like hush, yeah, little I'm baby, not- permanently. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that brings me to the. I, I hate to do spoilers, and I hope it's I'm not, but. Um, one of the one of the things about Gretel and Hansel that I didn't love so much was I wish they had just let Holda, the witch, um, if she was going to take another form, like I kind of wish they hadn't done that whole like youthful, like you know, her point being like she had to get back to this youthful, um, yeah, entity. It's yeah. it's kind of in a way I think it would have been cooler if it was like this is just who she is. Yeah, or she had been something very mm-hmm. alien, like something very, um, you know, non-human. Mm. Instead of like really gorgeous, like kill star model. Yeah, you know? almost like right. the, the end of the new Suspiria. Yeah. Yes. 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 I loved that. I loved. Right. You know, because I mean, that's way more horrifying. So, and also, I mean, I think it's always good to challenge some of those, I those you know tropes and ideas that society puts down, like that. Yeah. You know, favorable to to you know old age so and i certainly don't it doesn't ruin the film for me by any means because it's it's i love that movie but um you know sometimes there's stuff like that where i'm like oh they could have they could have taken that in a slightly different direction mm-hmm. and you know, really kind of driven a point home that doesn't get made that often so that's kind of my only real criticism and i i guess i would kind of agree with luna i would think like three or 3.5 mm-hmm. out of four yeah yeah, this movie for me is interesting too because it, it has a lot of thematic relevance to the witch. But you're right; it feel it very much feels like a very different film. Because uh, like the the witch feels like almost like you're living a documentary, mm-hmm. and this feels like you're being told a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely more stylized. It's it's very um, it's beautiful. I love. The, the scenes of like deep in the woods sometimes like the uh the silhouette of a witch mm-hmm. just kind of like you're like oh this is not my this is not my portion of the woods anymore yeah um, oh the triangles oh i loved all the yes. oh yeah it just feels so like otherworldly so powerful so visceral i love this film a lot for me i would say um i agree with you on i wish she took a more fantastical form because like when the, the witch in the when the the in the witch takes a younger visage via magic it's to lure a boy it's functional mm-hmm. uh it's tactical you know it's a weapon but in this particular case that it doesn't have an actual tactical purpose she's not tricking anybody it's just the form that she's taking mm-hmm. and it doesn't serve her in any way cuz she's still powerful and lures children just fine as an old lady so mm-hmm it does make it totally like a little more complicated. Uh, I, I still love the film 
a lot. I love the Gretel character and her arc and performance are so excellently done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one, like rewatching it the other day, the one criticism that really always sticks with me is some of the dialogue is clunky, particularly with Hansel. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Because I just rewatched it recently as well. And I do remember thinking a couple times, yeah, that there was, things sounded just a little weird. Yeah. Because I mean, like, I get it's a fairy tale and, and it, it contributes to the otherworldliness, but but the, the actress who plays Gretel pulls it off, you know, and makes the yeah. weirdness sound a little more organic, even though it's otherworldly. But Hans mm-hmm. is like, something or other, Greta. And I'm like, just eat him. Just eat the kid. I can't hear that one more time. Please don't ever open your mouth one more time. Ever. Child. Let the witch get him. I don't care. He sounds weird. Like, <laughs> sound like such a jerk. But that was the only thing. It just Every time you open his mouth, it takes me out of it. Because I'm like, that kid can't act. Like yeah, he just that. had a lot of trouble delivering the lines. That was the was problem. Given. That was the problem. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and just yeah, that, that's my major criticism. I would say. Well, and Sophia, uh, the actress Sophia Lillis, I think mm-hmm. is her name, uh, that played Gretel. Um, you know, she she has very flat dialogue through it. The the inflections in her voice are very flat. But I thought that worked mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that would be the tone that somebody who's been through trauma mm-hmm. but has no choice but to keep moving on like she can't break down yes she's been traumatized in numerous ways you know at the onset of the film so i think that that lack of um affectation in her voice was actually you know it might not always be like the most um interesting thing to listen to but i thought it was really appropriate yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree for her. Hansel's, so you're right about like Hansel's, you know, delivery of the things. It was, it was very like, it was just too over the top. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And, and and I agree with you too that like it actually for her it it works for me because not only is she traumatized and trying to hold it together, but like because she throughout the entire film she and her brother are on their own and she has to be despite her trauma forced to almost be a mom mm-hmm. in a very yeah. dangerous situation and so she's like all business while these things are going on and that's how you would be when you're shoving your emotions to the side yep absolutely yeah. it i feel like the scene that jumps out to me as you were talking about this is the scene where um she's watching Holda pull the hair Oh God, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Such a, an amazing. I I love that that was the promotion mm-hmm. uh, picture. That's what pulled me on it when I saw that that trailer. That was it. I was like, I have to see this movie. You were like, Oh, she's eating kids. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, but you're just like the uh, that Austin Powers character. Eat the baby. <laughs> oh my God! Wow, I never thought I'd think of those two films at the same time, but here we are. Congratulate! Welcome to how my brain works. <laughs> Amazing, but yeah, like uh, she, she's just her face. I just think her acting in that scene is out of this world, like incredible, um, mm-hmm. and fits the character and the story of the character. It's just 
yeah, I just thought I was blown away. I'm blown away every time I see that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a dis- it's such a simple scene, and it is so disturbing. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I have friends that were like, I couldn't watch it, like I could not watch that thing, and it's it's not even gory. It's no, just- it's just incredibly like visceral, you know. Yeah, um, and and Gretel is. I often refer to um, actors using parts of their body as like that body acting. So I'll be like, like Gretel is neck acting, because mm-hmm. her face isn't changing. Her mouth is open slightly, but her neck is going nuts. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's yeah. like when someone like can get their veins to pop in their forehead, mm-hmm. but they're yeah. not really doing anything with the rest of their body. It's like, oh, they're vein acting. Like, <laughs> very, <laughs> very cool. I'm going to stick with that from now on. I like that. Uh, yeah, because she's such a talented young actress because uh, in the It movies, I mean, the, the whole cast did a, a pretty admirable job. But she had to portray, she can portray like supernatural situational trauma like nobody's business. Yeah. Right. She definitely had the most powerful performance out of that first one, easily. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, so I, I love the film. I think her performance really lands it to me alongside the just, it's so atmospheric and otherworldly. It makes the surreal parts feel believable because you kind of feel like you're in them and, and, uh, and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be. And that's great. Uh, so I would say, um, I'd love to give it four stars, but I got to knock it uh, half a point because of Hansel. Sorry, young gentleman. All Hansel's fault. It's literally all your fault, but hopefully you won't listen to this show. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I think there's something to be said with that. You know, I don't always blame the actor. I mean, he first, he's a little kid. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And this was his acting debut. Yeah. And, and, you know, you have to look at the dialogue itself and, you know, quite honestly, when you're working with little kids, you know, there's a lot on the director. Yes. There, you know? Like he could have, you know, possibly had him tone it down at any point a little bit, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a, a reason for it, but yeah, it, it definitely was a little jarring. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not bullying the little gent. I, I think um, it was a very difficult task and for his first role, you know, he did a pretty solid job, and I'm sure he'll be winning an Oscar someday. But in this particular film, it just or he'll hear this and never act. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, maybe actually, but you know, such is life. You know, you got to grow up sometime. Isn't that what she said? <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? So yeah, three and a half stars for me. Um, I still love it. Um, and and what they were able yeah. to do with the feel of the film is is lovely. I yeah I mean you know that was one of the things for me was that I haven't seen a movie like that in a very long time just that looked like that you know and that was one of my selling points to a lot of my other musician friends because you know a lot of them are very into the witch house genre Mm -hmm. and I was like this whole movie looks like the the font that gets used for witch houses yeah (laughs) absolutely Mm -hmm. like this so um it had some of those like little pieces of like psychedelic elements like movies like Mandy did but Mandy always felt much more like um like 60s and 70s psychedelic Mm -hmm. this was more this was so much more modern but it was still had that like you said that otherworldly um feeling but it yeah it just but with these modern elements to it so I don't know I think they did a really good job absolutely um making it making something that was unique and very different from all the other films that are coming out right now yeah absolutely and i feel like the 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 composition lent to that as well 
mm-hmm. um, just creating this setting that felt unique and just out of phase with our world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I also think one thing, and maybe we can talk. Maybe this would be best left to talk about more in depth later. But one of the things that I also really loved about it was that it's not like there's this one villainous witch and that's it there's different witches with different aesthetics and different roles in their prank like they're what they're doing even if it's menacing like there's an enchantress at the beginning that's Mm -hmm. uh basically like this almost jet black silhouette that's very architectural in terms of where she is it's very mythical who's making like these devil's bargains for what you want and has a different MO than Holda. Right. And I think that's so cool right. and complex and complicated and not exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, I had to like kind of sit down and like go back and, and rewatch because I was trying to follow in the beginning because of the the parts with that sorceress and the um the beautiful child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then all the the, the killing and, and eating all the other children and you know how when they come back at the end in the woods and they're they're released. You know, it was it was a lot. But I thought it was really cool once it once I was kind of once I figured out what was going on and like who was who. And, yeah. Um, the first time I watched it, I was a little bit confused also. because I'm like, OK, wait. So the enchantress enchants the and then the baby is like the bad. And then that's the person. And then the, <laughs> hold on. I need a map. Like the yeah. first time I needed a map. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that was one of my critiques um when i first watched the film was just like that's a whole lot of lore to stick in this film like i i wanted i almost preferred that they would have kept it a little bit more simple so that the story is just the story Mm -hmm. um since there's already so much deceit happening i didn't need like double triple deceit um double cross (laughs) right (laughs) but that being said like upon watching it again a couple more times I was like okay well now it's all fitting together a little bit more I'm and and maybe that's just what the intention was that on um, it would be a different experience every time yeah, as it, you could as you continue to understand the story yeah because there's a little bit of a twist and um and maybe we can talk about it later in the deep dive portion so that's a fair future spoiler warning but so it's it's not I think we've been spoiling left right yeah. upside down like we're you just you know what you're right. When I said there's witches in it, it's just like, you know what? Okay, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but, but okay, so so we find out that Holda, because from the beginning, you feel like it kind of gives the impression you would expect the beautiful child to grow up to be Holda. But Holda's actually mm-hmm. the mother. Mm-hmm. And that's a twist when you're watching the film for the first time. And so I feel like that's the part that makes it complicated. I like it. I think it's well executed, but I think that's the part that makes it uh, a little harder to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because I, for a second, I was like, "Is the beautiful child going to be Greta? Gretel? Right? Like, I mean, a, you know, like who is everybody mm-hmm. in this?" But mm-hmm. yeah, um, and the fact that Greta's father was out of the picture mm-hmm. was also leaning, like, yeah, so. But in the end, it all it all comes together. Yeah, does, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we actually dig into the themes and stuff that that uh, really matter to us in these films, I'll say a little bit about witches. And this and this is where full caveat: uh, 
because witchcraft and belief in magic and all these things, I mean, they have a long and complicated enough history just in, in the West. If you're just talking about, you know, witch beliefs and only Judeo-Christian history, that's still like seven episodes. And if you expand it to a global, uh, multicultural and like authentically long, long history, that's like, that's the only thing the show can do. So we're going to have to make some editorial choices and slides and and whatever. And undoubtedly part of the picture is going to be missed because it's just, it's such a deep and rich history. And what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I often, when I've, um, you know, talked about this subject before, I often try to mention at some point that this is entirely unrelated to modern witchcraft and Wicca and things like that. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, I don't complete, um, you know, this, this folklore, um, with, you know, anybody's actual, you know, beliefs as far as uh, religion goes or anything like that. Like, it's just, it's two very different things to me. Right, right. Because also, if you look at the the history, there's so many different traditions of, of magical systems and cultures. Like, like are you doing, um, you know, Taoist magical practice? Or is this more like a Haitian uh, tradition? Or is this right, like the, right. the pre-Christian European pagan face like right exactly um so like like uh donna as our as our guest how would you uh not to put you on the spot you can tell me to um to go get eaten by a witch but uh (laughs) how would you describe the witchcraft to someone okay so not the not the religion witchcraft like just more in the folklore yeah yeah, and and just more the the bigger picture I would say that it is um, a means of finding your inner power and inner strength, and especially for, as a woman, um, like we kind of talked about at the beginning, you know, with these themes in the movies of, of there being so much oppression, mm-hmm. you know, you are, you have your strength and your wisdom and your power shamed out of you mm-hmm. when you're, a, a little girl like I mean I don't know a single woman who hasn't had those things either completely you know ripped out of them or um tamed mm-hmm. toned down um and it you know you you grow up trying to be overly mindful of you know, everybody else except yourself. It's, you know, you, you get in, you can get into that role of like, Oh, I'm the caretaker. I have to take care of Mm -hmm. everybody but myself, which is a kind of strength in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But we, even in, in present day, it isn't just, you know, back in the 1600s in present day, we're, we are not allowed. We're not told that we're free to really be who we are Mm -hmm. and put Mm -hmm. down those boundaries. And I think, you know, I think one of the things that you see a lot of times when it comes to um, witchcraft and like the, the magical use of witchcraft, one of the things I always think is that when a witch has an ability to like stop somebody in their tracks, I mean, that's like the the best, you know, um, metaphor for, 
for boundary. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't come at me. You can't get you can't get to me. I am putting my boundaries down here and protecting myself, creating a circle. I'm you know, mm-hmm. you know, salt like salting the earth mm-hmm. and like getting you know, it's boundaries. Like because our boundaries are constantly pushed and we are told from a very young age that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um so there is very you know, it's very much a feminist issue for me and mm-hmm. that isn't to say of course, that isn't to say that that men don't have their own challenges and that there is no place for them in the topic of witchcraft. Like, I don't believe that at all. Um, but I can, you know, I can only speak from my own experience. And I think, you know, when I was um, a teenager, I think as most weird teenage girls do you go through this thing where like maybe I'm a witch maybe I can be a witch maybe you know and I don't just mean like oh I can learn Wicca I it's like no I've got this ability in me because you know you you really you want it to be there and in a way it is you know whether you believe in actual witchcraft or magic or not you do have that in there and I think as you go into adulthood you know, and you're going, your body's changing. There's, you know, your, your, everything in your life is changing in that point, you know, at that point through your teenage years. And I mean, I think that's the time where you really start to feel like I need to tap into something. I need to find a way to express myself. I need to find a way to protect myself. I need to find this power. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a perfect, it's, it, it makes perfect sense why you would be drawn to witchcraft and and feeling misunderstood you know just mm-hmm. so yeah, i don't know i don't know if that really answered the question no, I, think but I, I think that's great <laughs> i think yeah, that's great but... dang nabbit um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's also interesting too because i mean yes okay so in in all societies that have had belief about magic which is historically pretty much all of them the only reason I have a caveat is because I'm not going to be like, I have such an ego. I know all historical civilizations. Oh, well, yeah. Tempting though it might be. Um, <laughs> it might it might be useful for the show to be like, I know all things. Fact check that. Um, <laughs> but, but the, the, you know, the, there have also commonly been beliefs too about like men who are magical practitioners. If you look at, you know, beliefs about warlocks and sorcerers and, and, and druidic face and, all sorts of things too that that um so it's, it's not like this is not what you're saying but it's it's not like there's no framework for men to be practitioners of magic as well but in a lot of these uh especially ancient traditions of witchcraft there have always been a recognition of of or, or like a connection of magical practice conceptually and women in a way that really kind of, I think, culturally underscores exactly what you're saying. Yeah, because I, do, I don't think that those inherent traits of, of being, uh, you know, being a woman or, you know, presenting as a woman or anything, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you were treated in a certain way. And I mean, it's, it's, I think it's just always been that way. Mm-hmm. It's a common which experience. Why, yeah, and which is why it's always, you know, these, the, this folklore has always been there. I really couldn't agree more. Like, at witchcraft, certainly represents an internal awakening and reclaiming your power and I think that additionally one of the things that I love about the lore behind witchcraft and and these stories of of women and people just connecting with the person that they always have been but haven't been able to express um Mm -hmm. I also perhaps maybe I should clarify 
I am I am a black woman. I have that experience. And I think one of the things that I really love about witchcraft is that you don't need anyone else mm-hmm. in order to become a witch, to practice mm-hmm. witchcraft. You don't need any real expensive education or anything. You just need time, introspection, and the earth itself. And if you mm-hmm. have guidance, that is good. Um, guidance is, of course, welcome. Mm-hmm. And community you know, is good. Books and history, a community, exactly. But when it comes down to it, if you are locked away, which sometimes that's exactly what it feels like, being locked away from everything else and everyone else because you are different then you that's okay because you mm-hmm. have everything you need in that moment to reclaim your power and i thought i always think that that aspect is so powerful and and it like legitimately feels warm and fuzzy to me legit yeah that makes sense yeah that's that's awesome um i'm so glad that you mentioned it and thank you both for sharing your your thoughts and, and to some degree your experiences. It's so interesting to me that, that yeah, I, I think also the, the reason why witchcraft as a practice, because it is just something that you don't need uh, external sanction for. You have the capacity to connect and to be powerful inherently in you is also exactly why a lot of these traditionally patriarchal faiths uh, have outlawed have pathologized have demonized literally these sorts of practices like mm-hmm. because if exactly yeah because because i mean in in all of these if you look at i mean the historical i mean quote-unquote church fathers of you know christianity if you look back to through judaism for ancient greek and ancient roman official faiths Oftentimes the heads of pantheons are men, you know, you have your, your mm-hmm. Odin, you have your, your Zeus, you have your Yahweh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Coincidentally, also all the dudes, you know, a lot of these basically got, if you look in their foundations, a bunch of dudes were told by a male God, Hey, you're the powerful church fathers now. And they're like, mm, okay, I'll bring this to the people. Sounds legit. Not self-interested at all. And everyone's like, <laughs> okay, or killed, you know? <laughs> and that's the history of many of these faiths. And so yeah. how do you enshrine that system of belief? You you funnel by force and by ideology all of the potential connection to the divine through your hands and your institutions, which means anything that allows people to feel like they have spiritual connection and power outside of your institutions has to die. And so you have like the, the, the ancient Greeks, for example, they, they didn't really culturally think of witchcraft as a persistent, constant threat in the way that Christianity made its bread and butter with, mm-hmm. but they still thought of it as pathologically dangerous when it was so often associated it with women. You know, that kind of carried into ancient Roman because they just mostly copy pasted Greek belief. And then <laughs> and then if if you look at the the history of the witchcraft as it came down through Judeo-Christian lineage, and this is of course really quick and dirty conceptual slides. I know it's way more complicated than all this, and there's gonna be a whole lot of experts that are like, Jeff's an idiot, why the fuck does he have a show? I have a show because I want to. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks for listening. Anyway, <laughs> um, love your comments. Like, comment, and subscribe. But so you have like these ancient beliefs in, in um, you know, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Kings, which forbade things like necromancy and divination uh, because they were competitor practices of the sacrificial rites of of early you know judaic tradition and also challenged their dude god's sovereignty over the dead in the future mm-hmm. because if you have power to make things happen that's not god this external deity having the power over you and nature so of course it has right. to be bad right. and then that obviously got as as the emergent catholic church developed over time and solidified belief by killing everybody that dissented which is how it went you know that just got more solidified culminating in the middle ages where popes would directly ascribe witchcraft to be both something that women did and through which they brought satan into the community and for which they should be like mass murdered and they'd literally have lawyers or just be like some dude would be like, my wife won't, uh, I'm going to be vulgar. Is that cool? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like, my wife won't give me a blowjob. She's a witch. And they're going to be yeah. like, oh, yep. that's all the evidence we need. Definitely a witch. Burner. Right. right. And it was literally that petty yeah. and evil. And it was a form of control that was justified with bullshit documentation by people that don't know what the fuck they were talking about. Jumping off of that, I, you know, I've had the discussion with people before that, Um, when I've talked about the specific kinds of witches that I'm most, um, you know, interested by, and that I'm such a huge fan of, because they are these, um, you know, they're, they're um, malevolent, like, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, that's the thing I like. And I've discussed with people how, you know, that could be, you know, a dangerous way to think about it. Because, you know, here we are trying all these years later to say, look, you know, these women who were persecuted um, and accused of being witches, you know, they, they weren't doing anything wrong. They were good people. And then of course you have, you know, the kinds of witches in a lot of religions and stuff, you know, that you're a healer, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're these good forces, you know, mm-hmm. you're in tune with nature. And I mean, and I, I think that's wonderful and that is all true and it has its place, but I think that it's incredibly powerful to have these, you know, people eating witches, you Mm -hmm. know, like the chewing on your bones, tearing you apart. I mean, you know, coming in and, and, you know, getting trapped in your mirrors because they were, you know, trying to come in and and steal your kids Mm -hmm. or steal your soul or anything. I mean, if you're gonna, you know, if people are going to demonize women, you know, throughout history, then I think we should have some really good demons. Yeah. (laughs) On our side. I mean, I think we should have a representation and I don't think it should, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't, I think it's an important thing. And I think it's a, a means of working through that anger and negativity to mm-hmm. have those things in folklore. So, you know, they that stuff has always been there in folklore, but it was always a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, mm-hmm. don't get near that witch. Like, witches are bad. Like, they are, women are bad. Be a good kid you know? or the witch will eat you. Yeah, but it's like, no, why do, you know, I think it's like, why don't we just embrace that instead and use that as Mm -hmm. part of the power? Because, you know, it's not, if the only kind of power you're allowed to tap into is one that is going to 
just be safe and make everybody else around you happy, you, you've all, I mean, you're already oppressed. You've already re- oppressed yourself again. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you are powerful. You're a good housewife. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, it's just still, the rules are still being applied. Yeah. If people say, well, you can have witches, but they need to be like good witches. They need to be healers. They need to, you know, be this good thing. And it's just like, you're just shoving us back into boxes again. Right. Like maybe we want to be angry. Maybe we want to have some, some vengeance. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that you brought that up and I think it's very important to highlight Especially as, I mean, witches and and witch folklore have been around forever, but there has been a recent, Mm -hmm. like, rise in witch in popular culture, witches in popular culture. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think that that is no mistake considering where the Western Mm -hmm. world is right now and reclaiming power from the patriarchy who, like you said, if, if you're adhering by their rules you're just supporting it like tear it all down build your own rules and you will have the full spectrum of good to evil within the witch community this this lore of witch community because that's what we are we are Mm -hmm. a whole mess of complicated good sometimes evil sometimes confused sometimes people so why would witches be any different right yeah i I think it's interesting because uh so you know when when luna and i were talking about a while ago at this point doing an episode on witches i was right up front like i don't want it to be christian propaganda Mm -hmm. i don't want it to reinforce the standard like connection to satan or whatever like i'm only interested in the ones that actually do have something else and more powerful going on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why i i like both of these films because the witches have real actual power the witch is really interesting to me too because i i almost read uh not i almost i do read the witch as actually as close as we could get to a witchcraft cosmic horror story Mm -hmm. because as far as the the film world is, it is almost as though they're living in a world with no God and only Satan and witches mm-hmm. who can do fuck all anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like they can turn nature against you. They can transform. They can levitate. You're, they can take over your mind. Um, and they have real fundamental power. And that's the only power in that world that exists. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting. And it makes perfect sense. I think with what um, Luna had said earlier about that movie, you know, this, this family willingly left their Mm -hmm. group. They willingly left their church. So yeah, I mean, if if that being the case, maybe there was, maybe they left God, you know, if God was there, they left it with the community. Right. Yeah. So I, I think this is a really good point to kind of like dig into just more committedly any other themes or, or, or facets of either of these films or just on the topic in general that we'd like to talk about. Cause there's so much to say and we've already started saying it. For both of you, how do you interpret the rise in witch lore in recent years as a way to maybe redefine what power looks like as if a woman 
is a leader. I, I've been thinking about this ever since 2016 mm-hmm. and prior um, with Hillary Clinton, like people have been, and prior to that, I honestly have been working in diversity work for years and there's always been this challenge of how do you lead as a woman without embodying masculinity? And I Mm, wonder mm -hmm. if all of this witchcraft, witch, newer witch lore, powerful witches reclaiming your, your boundaries, um, putting your foot down, is this a way of redefining feminine leadership and what it looks like? I think it could be. I think it makes a mm-hmm. lot of sense to look at it that way because you're right. Like, um, you know, you, as a woman, if you are put, if you make it into a position of power, yeah, it's, it's always like, well, you know, she's got the balls. She's, yeah. she's got, the balls. <laughs> right. she's got you know, like it's always mm-hmm. compared to like, you know, something masculine and, you know, this is one of our only, um, you know, tropes in society is, is the wit something mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be, you know, it didn't have to be anything to do with a man. Like it's, you know, um, so yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. And one mm-hmm. of the other things that I think that could be contributing to the pop, the resurgence in popularity is um, maybe the, the need for, protection for feeling yeah safety mm-hmm. um and you know which like you said you can you know you you can drum that power up on your own mm-hmm. but even more so like the idea of coven yes. you know finding your sisters mm-hmm. and i think nowadays it is especially poignant um with you know with younger kids i think in, in um one of the positive things that's started to happen is that kids are, are, you know, realizing who they are much younger, especially mm-hmm. trans kids, mm-hmm. you know, like no, no um, gender fluid kids, you know, like they're, they're realizing this. And for the first time in history, they have a community, you know, online because they can reach out to other kids who are going through the same thing where they, um, they have a connection they, they have, they can make a coven. Yeah. And, it's a place where you can be safe and you can find your power and you can be who you are. You know, I'm not trans and I haven't been a teenager for a long, long time, (laughs) but I kind of feel like that would have been a thing. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I have been married to a man for 22 years, but you know, I realized when I was, you know, probably 13 or 14 years old that I was bisexual and I grew Mm -hmm. up in the, woods in the county and I didn't know anybody else and there was no internet and there wasn't anything and it's like I think that was one of the things that led me uh-huh. to being so attracted to um to the idea of the witch and to witchcraft because I wanted I wanted to figure out who I was and I wanted my safety and I wanted my power mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt different I felt ostracized I felt like an outcast so um what I think is I mean and you know, I'll never know the struggle that a lot of these kids are going through, but I do think that there's definitely, a, um, you know, it, I like that they have the ability to yeah. to create these little covens, and even if they're not calling it witchcraft, and even but it's still the same sort of thing, yeah. you know, and it's in in a really positive way, in a good way, and I don't know, there could just be something with that. I love that. You know, in addition to what you were talking about, 
in addition to finding, you know, ways for for women to, um, you know, take over positions of power. I love that. I I hadn't thought of it that way, and I my life is better now having you like explain <laughs> that. Like, well, I mean, it's just speculation. I don't know if that's really true. It's possible. But it's just, it, you know, I could see it being, you know, a, a, I could see there being a correlation there. Yeah, I have such a, on a personal note, I just have such a hard time understanding community and understanding the mm-hmm. power of community. I'm still learning what that means. And so mm-hmm. it's not my go-to. But mm-hmm. I get but that. when you explain it that way, it's like, wow, that that is a coven. Like, that is the point of a coven. Like, Mm-hmm. But, but then that brings me back to something that I was struggling with um, thematically in Gretel and Hansel, which is what is the function of trust? Uh, like mm-hmm. she, Gretel ends up tr- trusting the huntsman mm-hmm. and has difficulty doing so, but would not be alive unless if she didn't. And then the next encounter with a stranger is Holda. So, and then mm-hmm. it's like, do you trust her? Do you don't? So what what is trust why i like i'm like i'm already like well next time i'm with my therapist guess what we're talking about because <laughs> i don't know what, well, what this trust thing what is the purpose of it it will fuck you and it will save you so yeah. why is it here <laughs> for me it's really difficult because i mean especially if, if i'm i mean for example if you're gretel right she has very good reasons to not trust people and has to develop the sort of the practical wisdom of knowing when things seem okay, despite the fact that she should just make the rule that nothing's okay. Mm-hmm. But of course, like, you know, she she acts pretty wisely, but you can never be sure. And so like at a certain point, trust is necessary gambling. Yeah, you know, right. it's like informed necessary gambling that that things can go wrong. I mean, I've, you know, had like everyone's situations where I've learned that my trust in someone was a very bad plan. Mm-hmm. And so the point is to just, I, I don't know, like, and hopefully, you know, in putting oneself out there enough, you can gain good enough instincts that eventually you get a community that can even help you and be part of that with you. But it, right. it's definitely like a risky journey. Yeah. I wrote um, in my notes, desperation always equals compromise and Mm. so Mm -hmm. i i feel like that also plays a role here in what you were saying where you're it's like an informed gamble uh when you're when you're staring down the barrel of trusting someone or not um and also factoring in that like one of the oldest fears of humanity is other people so mm-hmm. it's like I personally inclined to be like, "Yep, fuck them, scared of them, don't like them, so I'll be over here." Um, but that's not realistic because no one can survive on their own. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't live in a vacuum, you know. Right. That and that and that kind of thinking, I think, has a lot to do with why, you know, our society is in the state that it's in. Yep. You know, it's every man for himself. Like I don't. I I got mine. I don't care what you have. Right. As you don't have more than me and then that's a problem. Um, but, you know, I mean, and we're seeing this with the pandemic, like it's, it, it is nuts to think that like people would rather see millions of people die than be inconvenienced. Oh gosh. Yes. And I don't want to, you know, we don't have to go down that path, you know, with 
you know, and that's because it's, it's exhausting and it's yeah. nothing that hasn't been mm-hmm. said times already. But, you know, if that doesn't tell you something about humanity right there, mm-hmm. I don't know what does. You know, exactly. This actually reminds me of something, uh, something you were talking or asking about uh, earlier, Luna, about like, like if, uh, you know, the witch's power and how it relatively relates to a strategy to kind of deal with the patriarchy, if you will. And the connection for me is one thing that I thought of is that a a lot of these different, I mean, axes of, you know, oppression and, and, and power, there's this traditional kind of liberal strategy of like, well, maybe if the witch is nice and then everyone sees her as nice, they'll change. And then like the patriarchs don't like, here's the thing. Okay. To be at the top of a system that's like, unjustly hurting all sorts of fucking people everyday people who aren't terrible people can just buy into it and not know there's better things and that's fine but Mm -hmm. to actually be the people that are truly benefiting from it you got to be kind of evil right like or just Mm -hmm. bad you know Mm -hmm. like there's a balance of like badness and self-interest and stupidity that makes all these people that benefit from capitalism and racism and all these shit like the people at the end of the day who are promoting it Mm -hmm. and benefiting from poisoning society Mm-hmm. And you're not going to love those people into wholeness. Mm-hmm. You're not mm-hmm. going to nice them into seeing your value. They have to be defeated. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying what that looks like. I'm not saying like, we got to get tanks. Um, <laughs> maybe we do. I'm not saying that. <laughs> That's a way larger discussion tactically. But the point is, though, you have to take the power away and redistribute it in a way that benefits for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing that I think of uh, in this lore that's so powerful is that it's like, hey, you know what? Um, patriarch's going to be patriarchin', but um, they're not if they're a frog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. Like, um, and I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Luna, going talking about the trust thing, you know, the, my take on it is that the only the only person you have to trust is yourself. You don't Mm -hmm. have to trust anybody else. Mm. You have to trust yourself enough to know that you can spot red flags and that you can make good choices about, you know, who you have in your life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just based on behavior, you know, you, because no, you, somebody can tell you anything. You don't know if they're telling the truth. You will never know if they're telling the truth. You're basing it on behavior. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, you know, you can't just, constantly isolate you have to let people close to you right Mm -hmm. and then you pay attention and you trust yourself you trust your judgment and even if you mess that up then you trust that you're gonna figure out what the next step is yeah that is an excellent point and you're right that's uh, and actually uh my therapist has definitely said that before but (laughs) (laughs) um that like i think I think that is another way of owning your own power. Yes. It's just, yeah. it's, it's like a deeper, like when I said that, um, like all you need is, is time and introspection like that. Mm-hmm. That is that part of it's a solitary practice. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful point. Thank you. Yeah. Cause I, I think that like we're, um, a, a, a lot of us and not even very much women but also not only women are taught that we can't 
trust in our own, well, first of all, power, but then also, you know, knowledge and wisdom, exactly like you're saying. Like trusting your own instincts is so completely pivotal. And it's absolutely, uh, I'm so glad y'all mentioned like the, the connection between that and the sort of, uh, I don't know, modern witchcraft ethos. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that came to me during watching Gretel and Hansel and, and someone in the witches, the concept of when your core belief has been shaken Mm -hmm. and nothing is as it seems this i think maybe goes back to what you were saying donna about how witches can be both um, malevolent and and good um Mm -hmm. so it comes down to how do you react when your core belief is shaken because obviously gretel's is right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in the end so is hansel's and so is uh holda's i think Mm-hmm. Holda believed that things were never going to change, that she mm-hmm. would continue having power, and then she would be eternal. Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden, it's shaken. And what does she, what does she do? Um, how does she react versus how does Gretel react? And we don't know how Hansel will react. So, do you succumb to the anger that things are different than the way you perceive, or do you evolve to reposition yourself? in this new world that you didn't, that you are only now becoming to understand. And in addition to that, what I found interesting in the, in Gretel and Hansel specifically in the witch, it's clear it's Satan, it's evil, you know, killing babies, taking baby baths, not particularly (laughs) on the good side of the spectrum. I guess it depends on who you ask, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but in Gretel and Hansel, the power in, choosing your reaction to your core belief being shaken it's not it doesn't necessarily seem at least to me it didn't seem tied to darkness aside from the story that holda told which can we trust holda um Mm -hmm. we don't know that gretel will be a dark evil witch Mm -hmm. um and the blackening of her fingers i mean you could take that to be symbolism for darkness but Mm-hmm. it could just also be power mm-hmm. yeah i mean i actually i kind of read that as like saying like look you've got the potential to go either way with this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so i mean yeah I, I agree with you that it's power it's like here here is your power and it can look like it looked on holda or you can make it look like something else mm-hmm. so right. it's i think the thing is that you always have the potential to you know go down a certain path um but you can you can also change your path too um you know it's it's talking about like when you have your core beliefs shaken i mean i think both of the things you said are true i think you can absolutely feel anger over that and you know and i think that is when i was saying like with folklore you know it's in fiction it's a great outlet to get that anger out. Like, I don't like the way that this is going. I don't like the fact that I thought I was a human being, but I'm not as equal of a human as other people, apparently. Mm. Um, so you have all of this, you know, you do have this anger, and I don't think you should pretend it isn't there. Right. Find the right outlets for it. Um, and by right outlets, I mean the things that are going to be beneficial for you. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and ultimately... You know, if 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 people get right with themselves 
and they get healthy, then you're just, you're going to have a healthier society. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Part with the individuals, but, um, but I think you go, I think you start there and then you go into that place of acceptance of, okay, not accepting, um, you know, the, the, the shitty way something is, but just going, okay, this isn't how I thought it was. So next plan. Mm-hmm. Now, what, mm-hmm. what, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Which goes also back to the trust thing, like trust yourself that you can figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. You know, when we hold on to these things, like, you know, when you have these strong beliefs and like Holda in the movie, you know, thinking that, that she's eternal, nothing is ever going to change. Mm-hmm. I think everybody at some point has to let that go. Yeah. Right. Everything is going to change. Yeah. Usually in puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or in your early twenties. Everything in your life is going to change. I mean, mm-hmm. always. I mean, it's. I mean, I write about that stuff in my poetry constantly. You know, just just how like, you know, this is. It's a control mechanism. To you know, you have something the way you want it, or the way that you're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And if it changes, you know, it's so easy to become unhinged. Yeah. Because that is just one more, you know, coin in the in the bucket of, you know, this this heavy truth that you don't have control over anything right. except the way you feel. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's it's also hard too because like we're not given at least uh speaking in someone that grew up an American. <laughs> we're not given health, very healthy tools to deal with changes and discovering ourselves and our own power. Like, right. like mm-hmm. men are taught to deny the healthiest emotional part of yourself for, mm-hmm. for just speaking from personal experience. Um, and I didn't even have shitty parents. A lot of people have way, like I had really not great parents and uh, growing up and a lot of people had way worse than me but i still know the messages that society sends mm-hmm. and then they get reinforced by terrible people that tell you to cut off uh the health like uh, having a healthy well-rounded selfhood and then like when you're growing up too like you're you're, you're taught to think you know be ashamed of your body be ashamed of the mm-hmm. things that you want to do because you're a human being that has uh selfhood but everything that you are is sinful and disgusting. And there's a sky daddy that wants to murder the fuck yeah. out of you because of being born. Mm-hmm. When, like, when you're brought up in a society that teaches you that as a man, empathy is weakness. It's, mm-hmm. it's no wonder we're so, fucked, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that is a place that, that you guys really get the shaft where it's just like, you're not allowed to show emotion and you're not allowed to, to be compassionate or empathetic. Mm-hmm without you know somebody that's so tragic yeah it's, it's funny because like back in my grad school days actually so my master's is actually uh i did gender studies stuff and i've taught courses on the sociology of masculinities i'm still in touch with some of my students and one of them one time uh flagged me down in a coffee shop because she was having an argument with her male friend and she was like okay jeff i have a question for you I think that men can show emotion and my male friend uh, thinks that men culturally shouldn't like, what would you have to say about that? And you know what? I feel like almost sometimes the best way is to just kind of reframe it, you know, like, and the thing that I told her is like, Oh, absolutely. Like you can have emotion as a man. You just have to own it. 
you know, if you want to make mm-hmm. something healthy out of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I cry sometimes. What? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I tell my puppy that he is the best boy in the world and I get a tear in my eye and I will kick your ass if you look at his puppy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Own it. Oh. Yeah, I think yeah. I, uh, I think that's amazing. It's com- and it's it is that's the way to do anything, you know, when when you are being told that you can't that you shouldn't or you can't. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, like give them that big old fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, like yeah, I'm going to pinch those baby cheeks. Right. I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. I actually uh just yesterday I I got to work and I was frazzled and it was pouring and I was like I, I put my phone up with the forward front facing camera to put my makeup on before I opened the doors and in the background my big burly bar back is like like melting over a little baby just like I'm like putting my mascara on and in the corner of my camera is just like oh my gosh like (laughs) and I was like see this is masculinity right yeah totally like I I feel like you have to have a well-balanced existence you know it's like yeah I'm gonna go cuddle my puppy and then hit the heavy bag and then make a lovely romantic dinner you know with my partner and all those things are part of a well-balanced life. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I guess to bring this back into the witch thing, I mean, that's, that is, I mean, that's what we need in life. And that's what, you know, that is sometimes missing out of the folklore, um, you know, where it's just like, you're either good or you're bad. And it's like, no, how about, how about we have all of it? And use that, you know, for balance and use that for all of the, the powers that are there. Um, you know, I was um, was thinking about um, the movie Pumpkinhead. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but <laughs> the witch, Haggis, like, you know, like, she's a great witch, too, because like she's like, look, you want to do this vengeful thing. And I can tell you right now, it isn't going to make things better. But, you know, free will, babe, here, you know, give me your sacrifice and I will make sure that everybody gets their comeuppance, but don't make the mistake to think that you're going to be okay. That's not how this works. So, you know, I, I think she's such a great balanced witch in that. Oh, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, this is, this is how this is actually going to go down, but I'll still fuck people up for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's free will, you know, which is a, such a great theme also that happens anytime you bring Satan into something, you know, mm-hmm. um, making these deals with the devil. It's like, you know, that's a place where, you know, that could be confused sometimes for, you know, some, um, you know, something about how the patriarchy is still, you know, causing, but I don't see it that way. I think, I think anytime you get Satan involved, you're talking about free will and Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it doesn't, Satan's gender doesn't really matter. It's look, I'm, you can have these things. There's going to be a heavy price. You just decide what you want, decide what you want to do about it. Um, It's just like cost benefit analysis. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it really feels like short-term, long-term. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. 
short-term gratification or long-term health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But free will is such an important part of all of that, of this entire mythology and, and life in general, you know, like you gotta make mm -hmm. your, you gotta make your choices. Yeah. The, the mythology around this and the whole Satan connection, everything is always so weird to me because it's like, okay, so Lucifer's the first anarchist. Got it. Like didn't <laughs> want to be told what to do punished like kind of cast out by god all this stuff and then human beings were i got a whole spiel about the garden of eden how like the original sin thing is it literally makes no actual sense yeah like none of it makes sense and that's why i'm not, not even going into neva now because we're gonna start <laughs> yeah if we're gonna start nitpicking it now like that's an entirely different show like why jeff is critical of christianity and original sin is fake like <laughs> that's that's its own episode but <laughs> but like it's it's just so interesting to me too because it's like you have this long-standing belief of, of of witches and lucifer and all these other things having ill intent and being evil but why though they're just portrayed as evil and de desiring evil to reinforce the notion that you shouldn't have free will and yeah. a belief in your own power. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's like the, the people who came up with all of these ideas, it's like are projection much. Like, are you just, I mean, yeah. like, you know, it's like when you're, you know, when you're doing something terrible and you look at everybody else and accuse them of doing that terrible mm -hmm. thing, like this, like you are telling on yourself right now. Like, you know, every time, yeah. you know, every time somebody, you know, came up with, with, you know, whether it had to do with, you know, a, a witch doing something bad or Satan or a demon or anything. It was like, you are telling on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if like, like what, like, oh yeah. Well, if a human being had power, who knows what they would do? Like, no, you're, you're telling me what you would do with power. Right. <laughs> what I would do with power is apparently because it's necessary. Stop you. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Well, there's a reason there's only a certain type of person that thinks, you know, um, giving, um, you know, gay people more rights is going to end up with, you know, people being able to marry their dogs. Like, there is yeah. only a certain type of person that thinks that kind yeah, of like, that wouldn't even occur to me. <laughs> like, I know you're close right. with Fido, but fuck. Like, yeah. yeah. Like there, yeah, there was no point, like never in my life would I have, you know, figured that that was a slippery slope. Right. No right. or like i was actually like <laughs> me a lot about the person uh-huh yeah or like like i was dialoguing with another writer on twitter one time and and some dude hopped into her mentions about how like well women shouldn't be so scantily clad because like that's gonna do all these bad things to to guys and kind of what do you expect and i'm just like okay wait so you're not friendo you're not making the argument that you think that you're making because <laughs> yeah. you think you're saying women are doing bad things they should just be more modest because that's good what you're really saying is you have so little trust and faith in yourself and in men and you think men are so uncontrollably disgusting mm -hmm. sharks that women need to control themselves because men are fucking villains like that's right. the thing that your misogynist asks thinks he's saying and you're so fucking dumb you don't even know what words are coming out of your mouth right <laughs> yeah 
Exactly. Fuck. Calm oh, down. Jeff, I love when you get mad, <laughs> especially online. It's this great. Is great. There's there's a, some strong opinions happening right now. <laughs> I'm mostly I'm oh, mostly man. made of opinions. No, you're 100 percent right. It's like you just you you tell so much about yourself by the things that you you know say that you're afraid of or the things that you say you hate. Um, you know, you you are revealing so much and i don't you know sometimes like that's not even a bad thing it's just a very honest thing yeah if if i you know yeah i mean i don't know like you just it doesn't have to be a terrible thing there can be things that you don't enjoy exposing yourself to or things you don't want to see happen because it brings you back to a place where i'm afraid of death i'm afraid of loss i'm afraid of hurting i'm Mm -hmm. afraid of you know these things and sometimes you don't realize that that's the deeper problem that's the issue that yeah. you're dealing with. So you, you project it onto these, you know, surface issues, but it, you know, but it also applies to right. fucking idiots who think, yeah. <laughs> who, right. who right. You know, they're, they're so terrified of change that, you know, yeah. they're willing to go to the farthest reaches of, you know, bullshit to say that I don't want to see this thing happen because it's going to mean that this awful thing will happen and it's like dude where are you in your mind yeah they're like like oh i don't think that like men should be able to like kiss in public because blah 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 i'm like well look okay if it's not your like a real fucking adult right like i mean i happen to also be bi so like you know i i win in all directions that's fine um (laughs) but but the thing is like you know there's some people that are truly as far as their general beliefs are, are are heterosexual right like what does that matter to them it doesn't affect them right, right. and real adults mm-hmm. can see that if you get mad seeing two guys kiss because like you know it makes your 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 willy move and now you have questions like <laughs> calm the fuck down it's not about you <laughs> see right. a therapist yeah. figure your shit out like right. i get you're gonna have an uncomfortable conversation with your wife deal with it yeah like an adult yeah yeah don't don't drink about it for the love of god (laughs) (laughs) just like handle it like a person handles their business like right like being domineering doesn't and it's but it's the basis of all of these beliefs about women in the community and the poisons that they do through practices that empower them and it's all just fucking garbage yeah yeah I do appreciate that, like bringing it back to the, um, to the shaken core belief, mm-hmm. uh, theme. Like, I do appreciate that that is the time typically in someone's life when they turn to religion, mm-hmm. and people typically, I mean, speaking very anecdotally, uh, people typically turn to religion when they're looking for some way to reclaim their story, mm-hmm. um. And that is possibly why another reason why there's been a resurgence in witchcraft, witch lore, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of core beliefs that have been shaken recently. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's really funny because I a hundred percent agree with you that, that I've seen that happen to people. I had the opposite experience. I had, a, a, you know, a traumatic event and my, one of my beliefs very, um, really really shaken and it pulled it pulled me out of religion and spirituality and i I mean i i 
was raised Methodist. I haven't been Christian since I was a little kid, Mm -hmm. but I was definitely very spiritual for a long time, you know, and and studied a lot of different religions and and things. And then, you know, I went through something that I, I was like, I don't, I don't think I believe in any of this anymore. And it was really, it was, it was wild. It was just like, Oh my God. Cause then I was like, well, who the fuck am I? Mm-hmm. What am I right. doing? What am I, what am I writing about? What am I singing about? Like, Oh my, you know, I was, I was in a panic with it and it took me a long time to get to a um, more comfortable place with it. Um, you know, I kind of, yeah. I kind of went back towards center a little bit eventually, but it was years. And I went through a lot of crisis of conscience and a lot of existential crisis and a lot of really mm. difficult stuff because of having that belief, you know, you know, these, these certain beliefs really shaken out of me. So, you know, I try to have some empathy sometimes when I look at people who are clearly struggling, um, you know, to, to cope with things changing in a way that they don't understand. But, of course. Um, yeah. You know, but there has to be, there has to be a point where you, you just suck it up and you go, okay, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to work through this. Right. 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 Soon. Exactly. And like, you know, I'm not saying that it's not fine to have to go through that journey of of difficulty and and answering all these questions about who you are and stuff to yourself. You know, like, I know firsthand how difficult that is. I had a very similar uh, Donna situation with you in in terms of coming to an understanding of my own sexuality Mm -hmm. uh, because of the lack of representation and all these other things. Right. But then the point is that, yes, it's a struggle, but that's why it's important to find community where it's possible. And it's a, most importantly to, to, to try and undergo that process in as healthy a way as you can and not to externalize it and deny it and mm-hmm. do all these other unhealthy habits when these difficult situations and, and things come up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, that, goes back to the trusting thing. Like you have to trust your ability to figure out what to do with these things, when these feelings, when they come up, like we mm-hmm. trust yourself that you can make a healthy decision, that you can do something that is to your benefit and to the benefit of others. Absolutely. And like for the sake of maybe the listener out there that, uh, you know, needs to hear these sorts of things. Like I, I definitely had a similar experience to you, Donna, with um, with kind of being awoken out of a belief, and uh, but in my case, I and I was also raised Christian way back when, um, but in my case, I ended up every time my my core belief was shaken, every time there was a crisis or a trauma, I would jump to another version of spirituality that was Mm. similar so I kept on just gradient like changing like okay well that doesn't work but this maybe this maybe this one and oh no this that didn't work so maybe maybe I had this part wrong so like I'm gonna look at it this way and I just kept on doing that until eventually I was like nah clearly not (laughs) like and and, something else (laughs) right like and so I I think that but that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, and like you said, the, that crisis of conscience is real, but, but I mean, even if there is no spirituality there and there is no religion or anything like that, that is still 
claiming your individual power and the power within yourself. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Like in a way that is, that is how I would define witchcraft. Mm, That's yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though like that sounds counterintuitive because witchcraft kind of, um, you know, evokes spirituality, but to me, not really. Like it's, it's just power. I think you nailed it. I think, I think you nailed it with that. It it is power and power, you know, well, you can draw power from any place that works for you. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think, I think you really nailed it with that. That's a, that's a good, a good way to look at it. Uh, Well, at that, I actually think that's a really great way to, to sort of like tie up this discussion and, and, and the episode. And I, I feel like we really got into a lot of these themes of, of organic power and witchcraft and took a really different take on, on thinking about these things than I often hear. I really love it. Uh, thank you both so much for, for stopping by and Donna, uh, thank you, especially as our, as our esteemed guest for, oh, thank you. yeah, for, for being here to, to talk about two awesome movies. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was great. I could talk about that stuff all day. <laughs> Yeah, same. I had a blast talking about this. Yeah, it, it, it's been awesome. Donna, as, a, as our guest, how can the uh, the folks at home find you and, and your work and whatever you want to pitch? Uh, well, I am um, I'm all over social media under Donna Lynch. Um, we have um, a website that's actually being reconstructed right now, but it's egolikeness.com. And um, with my writing, uh, you can go to rawdogscreaming.com because all my stuff comes out through Raw Dog Screaming Press. And um, I do have a book of poetry there that I published a few years ago with my husband. He did the illustrations and it's called Witches. So it's, um, and it was uh, nominated for a Bram Stoker Award. And um, I have a collection of poetry, horror poetry coming out early 2022 um, that has a lot to do with folklore and um, young women reclaiming their power. It's called Girls from the County. So that'll be out early next year. Ooh, fun. Awesome. I so look forward to it. Yeah, uh, Bram Stoker Awards are so, so distinguished. I love it. Um, I've been nominated for two. I haven't won yet. My husband got nominated for one this past year for graphic novel, but... You know, I've got my punch card. I literally have a punch card. Like you, know, <laughs> you get if you if you get nominated a few times and don't win, you get a punch card. It's like oh the uh, it's like the the DiCaprio best uh, actor card. Yeah, I always I always say it says like ten nominations equals one Stoker. Not really, but I'm always like, well, I'll either get if I get ten, I'll either get a Stoker or I'll get a free sandwich from someplace like a well. <laughs> You get Froyo one day, and just be like, "I love that." Twenty bucks says they they will look at it and be like, "We actually honor this." (laughs) We've been waiting for you. We trained all of our staff that if we saw this, the the long foretold day has come. (laughs) It was worth all of those hours of writing and creating and toiling over books. Totally worth it. You gotta, you gotta have that tuna salad. I don't care what it takes. Um, I know, I know what's not tuna. Um, thank you so much. Um, uh, you'll, you'll get it eventually because this show is gonna make you even bigger. Um, they will not be able to deny you because we will, we have established that we can turn them into random amphibians. So perfect. perfect. <laughs>
uh, it's all coming uh, together. The plan's coming together. <laughs> uh, Luna, uh, how can the folks at home find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Luna underscore Minui. It's L-U-N-A underscore M-I-N-U-I-T um, on like all the stuff. Uh, and like the world is opening up. So I will likely, I can't say anything yet, but I will likely have some announcements for uh, festivals or shows that I'll be performing in. So stay tuned. Yay. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to it. Well, and, uh, and thank you all to the folks at home and uh, thank you for listening and following, subscribing all the lovely business and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you. Once more, I'd like to extend a special thanks to our guests this episode and to all of you out there listening. From the dawn of record human civilization, we've been fascinated by monsters and the monstrous. They've inhabited our dreams and nightmares. They've been our protectors and our villains. They've symbolized our fears and vices, our hopes and potential. Fears of creatures and the night that nourishes them were key inspirations and fuel for the rise of human civilization. The need to get out of the shadows, behind the walls, and into the light. In many ways, understanding our monsters is an important part of understanding our world and ourselves. So thank you for taking this journey with us, we humanoids from the deep dive. (laughs) Thank you.